0: So if you're like in a crowd where you guys are doing Molly every weekend or yes. four days a week and partying, your brain's going to serotonin like, levels. Yeah. Your brain's going to rot. Yeah. If you're talking about like, I'm in Yosemite once a year and I'm like going to eat some mushrooms and like go on a beautiful hike and yeah. see nature. That's more what I'm That may be about. good for you, but I've done the latter, but I meant yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. You've done both. So you know what's good and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> You are tuned in to the Expensive Taste
1: Podcast.
2: This episode of Expensive Taste Podcast is brought to you by none other than my favorite, Manscaped. They got the new Lawn Mower 3.0 with ceramic blades, skin safe technology, so nicks and cuts, none of that. You're going to love it. I have a few of them. I might even give Dr. Jeff Toll one if he doesn't have one. I'm
0: wondering why you don't use it on your mustache
2: wow i
0: do it actually
2: has a little clip is that okay guys? yeah i admit i sometimes use it on my pubes and sometimes on my mustache <laughs> thanks for outing me dr toll is that hygienic or what yeah you can switch it up back and forth okay good i do so lawnmower 3.0 manscaped.com use code longo l-o-n-g-o for 20 percent off and free shipping right now guys link is in the description if you're watching this on youtube back to the show Welcome back to the Expensive Taste Podcast. We've got a very, very exciting episode today. I have none other than the most handsome doctor in LA, possibly the world, the guy with the I would go with the world. The guy with the second best hair in the room, my close friend, Dr. Jeff Toll. Round of applause. Very
0: happy to be here.
2: Thanks for coming, buddy. I know we had done an episode in the past on medium rare, RIP medium rare. But we're back. I've been meaning to get you on here, but I kind of fucked off. I a few miss months. you. I
0: haven't seen you in w- way too long. It's I been know. a long time.
2: I know. And I've been trying to catch up, but obviously you're a doctor and I'm not.
0: Yeah. You're <laughs> like on the beach. You're, yeah. uh, golfing. you're
2: on islands. You're yeah. golfing. Your golf swing's looking good. Yeah. It has improved.
0: See, as a doctor, I need to be able to be good at golf when I'm old because, you know, then you could play with your doctor buddies. Yeah.
2: And business deals. They say all yeah. the business deals are closed yeah. on the golf course. That's that's true. Funny enough.
0: Uh, Trump says that.
2: Yeah. Well, how many rounds did he play while he was president?
0: <laughs> that's pretty much all he did.
2: Right? Yeah. I was golfing in Bahamas, and one of my friends brought a random guy who happened to be an investment banker, and he ended up putting some capital in my gaming company. Wow. So Great. You know, golf course is a great place that's to do good, business, th- folks. Yeah. But anyways, let's get to the exciting stuff. I got so much shit to ask you. And we're going to start with like, obviously, your backstory, you know, some medical stuff, sure. and we'll get into some of the stupid and intelligent questions. I'm my sure fans? No, not just me. Some of my followers have asked, Got it. But let's get into it. Like how okay, so you went to medis- medical school in,
0: in Philadelphia, Philly. Jefferson. Uh, I was there from t- 2010 uh, to 2014. And then i did my residency at cedar sinai which is one of the top hospitals in the world um finished in 2017 and then i started my own concierge practice uh after i graduated so hold
2: on because i I want to get into medical school for a second because you hear about so much about medical school i have a few friends that are going through it or at the tail end of it you're actually my only friend that's like a friend (laughs) And a doctor. Got it. I have some other doctors I'm friendly with, right. but you're you were my buddy before. So my what doctor. happened
0: was, you know, my ch- whole childhood I spent with a friend who had a really bad case of syphilis, and so what happened was, how what age? Well, I'm going to tell the audience who it was just. finish. Oh, like, okay. This guy had a terrible case of syphilis, and then finally, you know, they figured out what it was and they, and they cured him, and he was doing a lot better, and that's why I wanted to become a doctor. Oh, am I allowed to tell the story about you? I was Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Abby. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you got rid of that syphilis. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So anyway, when I was a kid, I had some some medical issues. I had an appendicitis that ruptured when I was a kid, oh, and I wow. got super like interested. I was probably like 12 years old. Got super interested in medicine. The surgeon saved my life. I thought he was like a god, and wow. I wanted to be a doctor. And then uh, kind of just followed the path. It what sucked.
2: what was the path? Because we've obviously talked about this before. You talked yeah, about so you got to try struggles. like you got
0: to try really hard. You know, in high school yeah. and get great grades, and then go to university, and then same thing. All the kids trying to go to med school are super competitive, and you got to take crazy physics and chemistry and organic chemistry. It sucks. Well,
2: like, did you have That's time brutal. to do anything else when you went to medical school? So
0: what's interesting is I obviously, you know, enjoy my life, enjoy having fun, too. Which uh, yeah, is I know you do. That's friends. how we're buddies. So exactly. when I first went to university, um, my first semester, I took the first chemistry class. And the kids try so hard. And all my buddies were, like, going to frat parties and going to bars and stuff. So I actually uh, took a – I actually only did one semester of pre-med. Really? I finished college. Um I actually uh worked uh doing some other stuff. I was doing some finance work, selling mortgages and stuff. And then decided I wanted to actually follow through and become a doctor. So I actually went back and did my pre-med after I graduated from college because I wasn't like mature enough to to do it during college.
2: I feel like that's a smart move to do though because sometimes you don't you don't miss you don't realize what you miss until like yeah, I went through that with hockey for instance when I was right. a kid. I quit thought I hated yeah. it, hated practice, quit. Realized it was a passion of mine, went back, never complained again, was so excited to do it.
0: Yeah. I think also in the long run, learning how to have social relationships, like just learn how to get along with people was so valuable in my career, yeah. both as a physician and as a entrepreneur, business owner, is that I learned how to do these other things. Also, I ended up being a business major, which was super helpful.
2: Oh, no, no way. I didn't even road. know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is pretty pretty important. Especially like we got to give your brother a shout out here, yeah. Brian Toll, the legend Hwood owner. Yeah, if for those of you that don't know, Brian is one of the co-founders of Hwood Group that yeah. owns all the hottest spots in L.A. Right. restaurants, clubs, whatever. So when you roll with Jeff, you just like get to skip the line, whether it's here in the city of LA or you're at Coachella, you, yeah. you're you like a rock star.
0: Yeah. It, it makes and, my social and, life better. And
2: then yeah. all the, the security guards are like, doctor, doctor. And then all the chicks are like, oh, you're a doctor? so i see That hasn't hurt yeah that definitely doesn't it hurt. wasn't
0: worth all the years that i had to do to, to get here but
2: some nights it is day. yeah some nights it is so did you party at all or go out when you were in med school or was it like in i gotta co- study so in college
0: i went out all the time and was an idiot yeah um and then like i said i went back to school to really do the pre-med stuff after in med school the way it works is you study like not exaggerating like you get up at you know, 7 a.m., you're in class at 8, you get home from class at 1, and you study till, like, 10 p.m. every single day. On the weekends, you study every day. And then after a big exam, pretty much everyone goes out and gets blacked out. Wow.
1: That's so which intense. Which is, like,
0: once a month. Yeah. And so, not much fun during those years. Yeah, of
2: course. I mean, you got to focus, and it pays off, yeah. right? Yeah. Um Do you have to know what field you're going into off the hop or do you get to pick like last
0: minute? So med school is four years. The first two years you're mostly like learning out of a book essentially. Yeah. The last two years you're in the hospital and you, they purposely make you have to do like all the specialties you get to try out. So you get to try out general medicine, you get to try out general surgery, you get to try out urology, you get to try out orthopedics, you get to try out psychiatry. Basically, they give you exposure to everything. Mm. And then during your fourth year of medical school, you apply for residency, which is another three to six years where you actually train in the thing that you're gonna go into.
2: Oh wow. So how many years of school is it in total usually?
0: So if you include college, so four years of college, um, four years of med school, and then three to six years of residency, depending on what your specialty is.
2: What does the average doctor make salary-wise? I should have looked this up beforehand. It
0: but. depends on the specialty again. So general- Let's Start at
2: the top and go down. Is I, the chiropractor the lowest because they're not really So chiropractor
0: is not a real doctor. Exactly. So there's some things like- uh, chiropractor is a good example, but where they're not an MD. So if you're, we're talking about a medical doctor, that, yeah. that's the people that have gone to med school and done residency. So the lowest uh, paid uh, at the bottom is usually like general medicine or pediatrics. They probably make, depending on if you live in a bigger small town, between two fifty to let's say three fifty. Yeah. Um, as you go up, it turns into more of the surgical subspecialties. So. You know the urologists, the orthopedic doctors; those are making between let's say like four to six hundred. Wow! Spine surgeons or brain surgeons make even more than that. Mm-hmm. And then entrepreneur type uh, surgeons, especially plastic surgeons, um, dermatologists that do a lot of cosmetics, they can make you know millions of dollars because they can
2: just set their own prices, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And like so, I've
2: heard of uh, like on it on average, you know the average boob job, say, is like maybe 10 grand. Right. And I heard there's some surgeons in LA that they're like the best. They'll charge 30 grand because people want to get in with them and they're Beverly Hills.
0: Yeah. So in the biggest of the biggest cities when there's high demand and uh, people can charge a lot more for their work, plastic surgeons, because if you're going to spend all this money and you have one time to do it in your whole life, yeah, you're going to go to that person for a lot of really, really skilled. Let's say, let's say you're one of the best orthopedic surgeons in the world. Yeah. And let's say your specialty is I do hip and knee replacements. Most of your patients, you know, are are Medicare age. They're over 65 in the US. Mm-hmm. So you get paid what Medicare pays and you can't really just say, "Okay, I'm charging 15,000 cash for a hip replacement" cuz people will just go
2: It's like standard, too. Yes. It's not like I'm trying to look like change my appearance,
1: you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's part of it. So, you know, the so some and then there are entrepreneurs that are not when we're talking about those dollars we're talking about the salary so if yeah you, so if you finish your residency and you want to work for a big hospital or a big group you know that's that's what we're talking about so doctors make between let's say 250 to like five hundred thousand if they're not a big surgeon yeah then there's the entrepreneurs so entrepreneurs you know in medicine interestingly um you know there is less competition in the space because you have to be a doctor to get there to be an entrepreneur yeah so in a way it's a little bit easier to start your own business and and there's a lot of owner operator small businesses where you look at the sign it's just the name of the doctor and they own their own business and they do pretty well
2: this is this like is having your own practice
0: yeah, basically what you're getting at? You're an owner-operator. You yeah. It's just like you can put we, up a Can shingle. we explain,
2: because that's on my list of questions, is yep. what is your business model for your practice?
0: So I have a unique model. I have sort of like a membership-based model um, where basically people pay uh, annual fee to be my patient or monthly fee. Um, and what we do is we kind of include There's sort of tiered membership program. And so at the bottom tier, basically people are paying for unlimited visits during the year, phone calls, Uh, They get my cell phone number. Uh, As the tiers go up, then we can include things like house calls and more things that we're doing. When people have very complicated things like a nurse at home and we're taking care of really complex care, obviously we have to charge more for that type of thing. But basically, uh, if you need any medical thing done, you call my office. And so I think, you know, I try to treat medicine, you know, like hospitality, where part of it is. Excellent medical care and having good advice and being at the latest cutting edge of what's going to keep people healthy and feeling well. But on the other side is making sure we're on top of things. If someone, you know, texts or calls in that we're getting them an appointment on the same day that they're getting their stuff taken care of and that they feel like, you know, VIP part of the practice.
2: I mean, it's true. Obviously, like I said, you're my doctor and my buddy in LA, and I try to get hooked up, but I'm Canadian, so I've experienced what healthcare is like in Canada. We have these walk-in clinics, or America's called Urgent Care, yeah. and the wait time's usually a little bit. It is free, but it comes out of your taxes, and it's just like not You just feel like a herded cattle. Right. You go in there, like nobody cares. They don't know who you are. They right. just whatever, try this and then leave. Like, right. Or if you need something important, you're waiting like six months for a knee surgery. Right. And it's for just sure. there's so many flaws in that system. Yeah, so
0: the American system has pros and cons too. I mean, it's certainly, um, there's same problems of people who either, you know, there are people who on the poor side, you know, that just don't have insurance. And, yeah things are really expensive if you don't have insurance yeah it really crazy. is crazy you want to get your regular blood tests or you know if you're young and you want to get stds checked and your hiv test yeah it's like thousand dollars it's crazy no
2: well yeah. yeah let's talk about that so as my audience might relate to this <laughs> yeah. in canada do you want to go get an std or sti check what's yeah. the what, they keep changing it Either on i don't know they change it <laughs> right so you want to get tested in Canada, you do the walk-in clinic, and it's free. Right. When I first moved to the States and I would go for it, it would be like 100 or 200 bucks just to walk into the walk-in clinic. Right. And then depending on what tests you want, you could
0: walk out of there spending $500. Or more, yeah. yeah. So if it's a private clinic, um, it can be super expensive. There are government-funded, you know, like Planned Parenthood. There are some government-funded things where people would have to sit in a long line or even have to wait a long time for an appointment. So it's it's harder to just like walk in and get care. Mm -hmm. There are places like that, community health centers and stuff, but they're harder to find. It's not like in Canada or other countries in Europe where it's easy to find a government doctor.
2: I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have the money, people that don't have the money that wish they could, you know, have a service like your business yeah, model. Because so we, we don't have that in Canada. And
0: we make it easy. So, you know, you call my office. Let's say you want an STD t- test. Yeah. So we have nurses that will just, my nurse will come to your house, we'll collect your urine sample, dry your blood. You don't have to come in the, into the office. Yeah. So we try to make it easy and try to make it more accessible so that people actually get care. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Or in my case, just fire off a dick pic to Dr. Or whatever no I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Seriously. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, wait, back to medical school for yeah, a second. Yeah. W- was there anything during medical school that, maybe the first time you saw a dead body or yeah. first time you had to operate on something yeah. that you were like, this is A, scary, or B, do I want to do this?
0: Yeah, there, I mean, I've sure seen you got some all stories. sorts of scary stuff. Um, definitely the first time everyone sees the dead bodies in the anatomy lab is an unforgettable moment. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know, I think a lot of us, when we go... Th- at least for me, I thought I wanted to be a surgeon when I went to med school, mm-hmm. and then after having to do it, and like, I it just wasn't for me.
2: Do they make you like operate? Like, and you know, in when you're a during kid, school. yeah. What do they do with like a little pig or like a frog? And then I'm sure you graduate, and you guys yeah, are doing yeah. so it on. So you start
0: in the anatomy lab on, you know, like human cadavers. Yeah. And then during a surgery rotation during during uh, medical school, you're in the operating room with you know these surgeons and they'll let you do like little tiny things or you're holding a retractor while the surgeon is doing the real work
2: is the is that on a cadaver is that on a person no that's on a person and they sign off on this
0: <laughs> well as a medical student you're not doing any of Anything the cutting crazy, you're not yeah. cutting you're not but you can hold you know a retractor can suction can do kind of yeah. some assistant type of stuff
2: okay so it's like when you're in the dentist and the dental hygienist is like holding the thing yeah. like
0: yeah so that would be like the medical student maybe yeah yeah, yeah. Anybody throw up when you guys saw a dead I've Passed out. Really? Up. Oh yeah. No way. The only the, I had one t- one time in a hospital where I threw up. Really? So during my training, um, Cedar Sinai was my main residency, but we have to do rotations at the veter- veteran hospital, yeah. the VA hospital, and there's one in LA in Westwood, and it's one of the biggest veteran hospitals because a lot of unfortunately a lot of Veterans in the U.S. are homeless, and then a lot of those homeless people come to L.A. because the weather's good. Yeah, of course. And a lot of them end up living on the campus of the Veterans Hospital in Westwood.
2: So that's where all the tents are, right? It's like around the park now, exactly. And they all have matching. I've had
0: two two times in the Veterans Hospital where I almost threw up. The first one, I was working a shift in the ER, and they bring in this homeless guy who's like screaming, and he's like, "My leg! Oh, my leg!" And they're bringing him in. And he's in a wheelchair and he's like covered in a blanket. Yeah, And uh, (laughs) basically the guy's screaming in pain and we take the blanket off to cut his pants off to see what's happening. And he has this crusted over stuff on his leg and we can't really tell what the problem is. It's like a crusted scabby thing. So me and the other resident that were on that night, we put on like gowns, gloves, double mask. You know, he smelled terrible. Yeah, And we start, we start, uh, you know, dissecting through the scabbiness, trying to peel back and see what's going on. And when we peel the layer of the scab back, literally little maggots start oh. coming up to the surface. And he basically had a rotting dead leg that he must have lost the blood flow. I think he was a bad diabetic. Yeah. And the maggots had actually saved his life because it would have gotten infected without the maggots. No, they were eating They all were the... eating all the dead flesh.
2: Holy... So that
0: one I almost threw up, it didn't. Did he, then, what did
2: it end up happening to him? Is he okay yeah, to keep ha, his leg? I had to amputate. Oh, way. he did have to amputate. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow.
0: Okay. So that was the first one. Then on the same, later that month, um, I was on a night shift on the wards of the hospital and I got paged, you know, doctor, this guy's uh, vomiting. Can you come see him? So I get up. It's the middle of the night. It's 3 a.m. I get to this guy's bedside and this guy's stomach is all distended and I start examining him, pushing on his belly and he's like moaning in pain and then all of a sudden he looks at me and just vomits and shit come not green vomit yeah not actual poop a log comes up and out towards me which I dodged and then did you actually dodge it though yes yes I because I saw him go to vomit yeah 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 and I dodged and I smelled the poop and it made me actually vomit on the patient which I felt no way this actually happened yeah holy so what was wrong with him He had a bowel obstruction. So what that means is, um, if you think of the analogy about this is always uh, pipes. So if the pipes are clogged, you know, if let's back up, what it backs up, it backs up. So imagine when your sink is clogged and there's something stuck down, you put the water on, and then Mm -hmm. eventually the water comes up to the top. So when someone has a intestinal blockage, um, what could that be from? um, It can happen from all sorts of things. So. the most common reasons for a blockage are a history of some previous surgery in your belly and you get scar tissue and then the intestines kind of get stuck on the scar tissue and uh. get blocked. But, um, other things like malignancy. So someone can have a cancer that causes a blockage, oh, wow. um, someone could have an infection, um, like diverticulitis or something where you get a lot of scar tissue and that can cause a blockage. So there's a couple different reasons, but in this case, um, the guy had had a previous surgery, had his, you know, that thing's blocked and then came up the crazy. top. crazy. the top. I actually had
2: a friend who was a nurse and she was in the part of the hospital where they deliver babies. Right. And she said when a lot of women have a natural birth, obviously they right. tear right. from the anus to the right. vagina and right. they, they sew it up. Right. And they had one patient that came in. And she was vomiting poo and it turns up they sewed up her her anus.
0: Oh my god. Is that happened often That's or a is that a freak? Yeah, I think it's they a did big that mistake, accident. right? Uh, no, no, that's rare. I've, I mean, I've never heard of that. Yeah, but like I've heard of the tear where they sew it up. That's she very was common. she was saying to me that oh, because she worked in that. But sewing up the hole is
2: probably less. Common. Yeah. yeah, she so she worked in that part of the hospital for a few years. She's like, I would never give a natural birth. I only want to do C section. No, of the thing she saw.
0: Yeah, um, a C section is a big surgery. Yeah, big I surgery. didn't realize
2: that. I thought it was the
0: lesser. Pe- of the people t- like don't natural- re- I've been in some C sections yeah. and they are cutting through layers and layers of muscle and through the uterus. It's pr- it's a big surgery. Really? I would recommend yeah. Natural birth. A natural birth if possible for is, sure. Is there I, a- I caught two babies. Like natural. Whoop, yep. Yep. No it's way. Medical school. Oh yeah. They're very
2: slippery. Doctor is quite the athlete, folks. Yeah. Don't let the hair fool you. That's He's not true. just a pretty face. That's true too. Um so is there a limit on how many C sections a woman can have? Um,
0: No, it's actually usually the opposite. It's that once you've had more than two C-sections, th- it's they think it's not safe to have a natural birth because the scarring that happens to the oh. uterus, wh- is it's a risk of a ruptured uh uterus. Really? So usually if someone's had more than one C-section, then all the future ones have to be C-section.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. I read this weird fact. I don't know if it's true. That's why I, I like having yeah. friends like you that sure. can like, ask this shit too. <laughs> They they said that getting kicked in the balls is more painful than giving a birth. Do you
0: think that's true? I've like been r- kicked in the balls before. And you, yeah. That sucked. Uh, I've never given birth. I don't know. I don't know how to quantify. Yeah, they the did thing it by is, the pain level. I would say, you know, the pro- the problem with as a scientist, you yeah. know, a physician and a scientist, we could never do a real study of this because there Unless of very special circumstances there are you cannot have the same human being who's had both experiences Of course. So how could we ever really
2: yeah measure that measure the difference They did it by the level I don't know what the proper terminology is but the level of pain.
0: but the problem but you're right is like how could they actually do that are, tolerate pain not as well yeah. And so they may rate the pain as higher than a woman would rate uh,
2: well, okay well why is getting t- kicked in the testicles so goddamn painful?
0: I'd be there. We have a lot of nerves. It's, sense, it's but sensitive. But it's viria. like
2: insane. Yeah. I don't think girls realize like when you like. How often are you getting kicked in the nuts? I have a few times.
0: <laughs> I only have by accident. Like I mean, basketball.
2: I play a lot of sports. I yeah. play like, hockey. I've had it like basketball, baseball, yeah. baseball,
0: stuff like
2: that. I've had some incidences. It fucking hurts. Yeah, it's bad. It's ridiculous.
0: I like to avoid that.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so mystery diagnosis. Uh, you always, I always see this on your Instagram, yep. by the way. Yep. His Instagram is at JeffTollMD. Yep. Follow him. There's a lot of interesting medical stuff on there. You get to look at his handsome face, slide in his DMs. That. But, yeah, so you do um, mystery diagnosis stories, yep. and you've had a few interesting ones. Are there any that come to mind that you that – our audience could relate to. I know because a lot of them, I'm reading them and I'm like, hey, I don't know, understand half the words in this, but I'm sure there's a lot of medical people that
0: do. Yeah, think- so I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting about my practice is I have extra time to devote to a patient who has something weird going on. So because I'm not, see- you know, m- most doctors are seeing 20, 30 p- patients a day. Yeah. So when you see a new patient, if they have something complicated, you're like, oh God, this is like too crazy. And you need to refer them to someone else because you yeah. don't want to deal with it. But you know the nice thing is I have more time, so I can I get first of all referred people who have something complicated, um, but also just people seek me out because of you know the reputation of having been able to figure out a bunch of stuff. So yeah, I think this is interesting. I was a huge fan of the show House. Yeah, of course. You know, both, me too. Both because he figured stuff out and because he's like kind of an asshole and like the whole thing is great. <laughs> Uh, so let me see if I have a good, interesting one recently. I'm trying to think.
2: You actually told me one a while ago. I'm just going to bring it up. Okay. Cause why not? Yeah. It was about one of your patients is, I don't know if she was your patient or you were just on the case. Okay. She was a woman that something was off with her like thoughts and like she had a foggy kind of like thinking and yeah. she had seen other specialists and nobody could pinpoint it. And then you had asked her about her diet. You remember this? No. And it turned out something to do with seafood. She was eating too much fish.
0: In- oh, her mercury was up. Yeah. Oh, Got it. I, I do remember that, yeah.
2: Do you want to elaborate on my shitty
0: So a lot thing? of people don't know that if you eat too much sushi, especially o- big ocean fish, so all the tuna, yellowtail, um, basically anything that lives in the ocean. So salmon's Salmon, fine, yeah. trout's fine, but the big the big ocean fish – there's mercury that leaks. There's a lot of poisonous stuff in the in the ocean. Yeah. And there's a new cool documentary on about I it. I was just watching. Watch Did you see it? I, I watched like the first half an hour. I, I want to watch the rest. People
2: do. It's, it's yeah. sad, and I never looked at the fishing industry so like that. So one
0: of the things in the ocean, you know, there's micro... We're going to learn more in the next 20 years about like the microplastics. If there's anything like,
2: left in the ocean.
0: Or in us. like I yeah. think that's why people are getting cancer more, because yeah. of all the random shit that we're eating that we don't know. In any case, with the mercury thing, you know... Mercury gets leaked into the ocean and then the bottom dwellers, you know, siphon the water and eat it. And then Mm. bigger fish eats that thing. Bigger fish eats that thing, bigger fish up to the biggest fish, which are the tunas. Yeah. And then we eat the tunas and we get all this mercury. Mm. Um, And if your levels get high enough, it causes something similar to like a lead poisoning. Yeah. So if you heard what happened to the people in Flint, Michigan, this is like a similar thing, but it happens from eating too much sushi instead of, The government being racist and not caring that they're poisoning your water. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was watching that documentary, and I'm like, you don't even think about it, but the way they're catching these fish, the technology is like, they get in such abundance that it's unfair, and plus what we're doing on land, just throwing trash, and how much trash ends up in the ocean? Yeah. It all breaks down. It's all consumed by the fish. We eat the fish. Yeah. And it's how a do crazy you seen, documentary
0: yeah I haven't seen the, Do they? I'm sure they talk about farming that I haven't seen that part fish farming
2: yeah they do yeah. and they talk about I didn't get to that part the, I won't ruin it for you yeah. but they basically talk about how a lot of like the salmon for instance they're just instead of sw- a salmon swimming in yeah. like the ocean they're yeah. confined to a pool yeah. where they right. all defecate yeah and, yeah you know And they're consuming that And they're starting To get diseases yeah. And like
0: Fake coloring and Yeah
2: stuff. the fake coloring They say salmon's Supposed to be like pink And it right. comes out Like that orangey red Yeah it Should never look like that It's weird Yeah so I'm kind of turned off From fish after
0: watching that But The I, problem is everything You know if you watch A documentary about a Any meat. of yeah, the Yeah they did the meat one Two years yeah. ago I was yeah. vegan for like an hour Yeah <laughs> I had a vegan burger once it
2: was It's not Monty's yeah, it was all right. yeah I was alright Yeah I you had that Monty's burger Yeah, yeah. On 3rd street Yeah yeah yeah, it's actually amazing. Um, but okay, well now that we're on the topic of diets, mm-hmm. what are your takes? Because I always, <laughs> I'm into fitness and working out, and I always ask you, about, like, I want to do steroids or
0: HGH or like, yeah. can I intermittent fast? Like, yeah. what's? So you know, when we, when we're in our twenties, we're very lucky in the sense that the metabolism is very fast. So it's yeah. the one chance you're gonna have in life to like get away with. Eating shit. Eating crap. You yeah. know, you can eat candy, you can eat McDonald's, and like for the most part, people don't gain that much weight. Yeah. You know, obviously genetics plays a big role. So certain families that are tend to be overweight, you're screwed. And if that's the case, you need to be more careful. So yeah. Those caveats aside. Um, yeah, so as for the first question being the steroid thing, H G H thing. <laughs> so
2: Well, they're separate, right? <laughs> yeah, if you had to choose the lesser of two evils, HGH, like H- Celeste H- Stallone H- looks great.
0: HGH is probably less bad for you. So there are some bad, you know, it's a growth factor. And so it can start to cause some chronic. So listen, does it make you buff? Does it make you more energy? Does it make you feel great? Yes. Okay. Let's just say it. It does. Yeah. What's the problem with doing it over years of being on it? You can develop sort of like pre-diabetic or diabetes where really because it's a growth factor. And so your body thinks that it needs to grow, needs to grow, needs to grow. And you, uh, the way the metabolism works is insulin is also a growth factor. And so it'll be a little too complicated to explain on this podcast. But the bottom line is it can cause some metabolic side effects, which is why a lot of these guys that lift, once they stop the HGH, you notice that they get fat. Yeah, That's because the body set a new weight set point. Uh, so you know how like when you set your—that's why uh, they have
2: to take it for like
0: years. Yeah. So you know how you know when you you set your thermostat to whatever temperature you want, yeah, and then that's where it tries to get to. Yeah. Our most of us have a certain set weight point, which is like our normal. So if you don't lift weights, if you don't eat crazy, if you don't exercise too much, yeah, that's kind of like what you weigh. Yeah. And some people will gain five pounds and then lose the five and whatever, but that's kind of like our main weight set point. Yeah. If you take a lot of HGH, that's going to go up. Yeah. And then in the long run, you're going to gain a lot of weight.
2: And like say I had a tumor that I didn't know about and I started yeah. taking HGH, that's also going to grow. My organs are going to grow.
0: So there's definitely cancer risk factors associated as well. The testosterone, on the other hand, the the issue is that when you take testosterone, it, the way the hormones in the body work is the testosterone levels in the blood, when they go down, then your are that's what stimulates your balls to make more testosterone because yeah. they see the levels drop and then they make more. Yeah. And again, all of us genetically have a certain set point that's our normal, yeah. but essentially that's how the system works. So if you mess up the system by pumping testosterone in, your balls are getting the message like, don't make any testosterone. Yeah. So as soon as you stop taking it, a lot of people become very low T mm. as a result of having been on it for a long time. And they're used to having a lot, so they yeah. feel like shit so again people get end up getting stuck being on it you know indefinitely
2: and that's why when people come off it there's like certain pills and stuff they take right to help yeah yeah. what's your opinion on stem cells i was watching the peter nygaard documentary i don't know if you've seen that no i don't think i've seen that one but you know about him no so he was a canadian billionaire fashion tycoon that basically created like a fashion nova for older women like mothers and grandmothers made a ton of money Bought this estate in uh, Bahamas where I was staying. That's why it was in the neighborhood of where I was at. You guys golf together? No, this guy, (laughs) he's in jail. Got it. it. Maybe no, yeah, never. (laughs) But his estate is like it was repossessed by the bank in Bahamas. Got it. And it's like fifty-five million dollars. It's crazy. It looks like it's like Mayan. Like, Mexican-themed, but it looks like Universal Studios. It's 150,000-square-foot house, whatever, whatever. He was accused of, you know, sex trafficking, rape, all this stuff. Crazy. You should watch it on Discovery. Okay. But um, in the documentary, they talk about he was this old, like, kind of creepy guy that was so obsessed with living forever that he believed in this stem cell treatment where they took the cells. He would impregnate girls on purpose, pay for their abortion, get the fetus and take the cells and inject them back into himself. Wow. Have you heard about
0: this? I haven't heard about that specifically. I know a lot about stem cells. There, a, I don't know about impregnating people in abortions and getting those stem cells. I but forget I, what it's called, but so the, he invested in a lab in China yeah, so those where they called, do that. Yeah, so what, stem, what, what is a stem cell? So a stem cell is a cell that is not yet taken up a more mature role like it has in the body. So we all have cells and if you think about it we have cells that make up the skin that make up the liver that make up the heart and these are cells that are not programmed yet to do any specific task so they can kind of the theory is restore wherever you put them they can become that thing and kind of regenerate that thing so there's certain areas in medicine where these are very well studied so one of them is in orthopedics so in orthopedics um, if we take stem and stem cells are located um, in most of us, in our bone marrow. So the bone marrow is the kind of the factory where we make, you know, all of our blood cells. Mm-hmm. And there are stem cells there that are programmed to make either red blood cells or platelets or white blood cells. And these can be used as stem cells without, you know, killing a fetus or whatever. Yeah. And so people for orthopedics, the, the new thing that they're doing is they take bone marrow. Where is the bone marrow located? So the marrow is in the middle of bone so the easiest place to get access to it without you know killing someone is in the hip because it's really close to the surface like the pelvis the pelvic bone but if you've ever had like bone marrow pie or bone marrow soup <laughs> i was gonna
2: say the the closest i've got the bone G-sparka. marrow is cheese and uh, bestia
0: the yeah, bone exactly. marrow gnocchi yeah. there is yeah. amazing exactly so basically the bone marrow has all these great cells and what they do is they inject it into let's say you have an arthritic knee yeah they'll inject the stem cells in there and then if you actually look at x-rays follow up over six months a year you'll actually see the the joint healing itself
2: so i because i had a shoulder injury i remember yeah telling you about it yep. forever. I went to a doctor in Canada that does like, I guess, I don't know if it's stem cells or like PRP. Yeah, PRP. Where they take, you know, the blood, they take the plasma and re-inject yeah. it in the shoulder. Yeah. So I pr- did it, it, cost me three
0: grand, shoulder still fucked. So what what PRP does, it's, it's kind of like a less, less cool version of the, something similar. So what PRP does is it, it takes your peripheral blood yeah. and they spin it down and take the platelets and the platelets secrete growth factors and the idea is they inject the platelet rich plasma with the growth factors in there to try to recruit stem cells that will then will uh, actually do the healing. And so it's like one step removed. So it doesn't work quite as well. Yeah. Um, and it, it, Often can help with pain a little bit, but it doesn't really, like, fix the joint, per se. As
2: yeah, well. it didn't fix me. But my shoulder was making weird noises that I hadn't heard out of it before. So I was like, oh, maybe this is working.
0: And then they're working on stem cells for all sorts of other things. So like, Do
2: we have, like, a limit on our stem cells?
0: Yeah, so you have more as a kid than you do as you get older. Yeah. Um, and they're working on it for, you know, treating all sorts of other things things. they do do stem cell transplants you may have heard of really for, no, I haven't heard of that. so that's the way that we cure things like leukemia so if if you have leukemia and your um, and your immune system has become cancer so someone's immune system your white blood cells become cancer that's yeah. what le- leukemia is and the way to cure that is we actually transfer someone else's stem cells into your body uh. and then their stem cells actually fight your cancerous Cells, so and it's pretty cool.
2: Is that pretty effective, or that's for certain cancers?
0: Yeah, so it's it's no. Right now, it's mostly used for these like really aggressive leukemias, which are basically like a hundred percent fatal if, yeah. you, if you don't do this. Wow. So it's called a stem cell transplant, and you need to get a lot of chemotherapy too. It's really awful, really yeah. heavy stuff.
2: This is one of my biggest fears in life. You don't want
0: to get that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you can't just like get it you just have it or right? is it genetic or do you no, you
0: get... get you get it so the way all cancers work and this is kind of interesting yeah these are all dna abnormalities so dna that's the thing we all have in every single one of the cells of your body yeah we all have the same dna in every single cell and the way cells are differentiated between a stem cell and a specific cell is certain genes are turned on in certain cells, but we all have the same exact DNA in every cell of our body. Yeah, and so in some cells, if you get on, if you get certain genes turned on, that tell that cell to keep making copies of itself. For example, yeah, that is a gene that's can cause like a, a that is a DNA mistake or a gene mutation that can cause mm-hmm. cancer in that cell. Yeah, and what ends up happening is these cells keep making copies of themselves. And if you make enough and enough and enough, they start to gain other crazy mutations and they become cancer. And so when, when we do things like smoke cigarettes, if we live near like a you nuclear, know, power, nuclear plant. power plant or somewhere where we're getting exposed to radi- things that either are radiation or things that can cause DNA mutations, we're more likely to have more chance. And it's just probability. You have a, more, a higher probability of having cancer at some point in your life.
2: Do you think we're a higher risk factor because we live in L.A.? Like, I always see these so, weird exactly. warnings everywhere in yeah. L.A. Yeah. May cause cancer. Like, what is yeah. that warning label so that's I, everywhere?
0: I, I think that's true. So we're we're seeing more cancer in general. Um, in, in the world or in, the world, in L.A.? In the world. And part of it is, you know, the environment obviously is dirtier. Like you said, the oceans Ocean. are dirtier. The yeah. air is dirtier. Um, we don't know about... You know, we don't think cell phones and these other things can cause cancer, but who yeah. knows? It maybe they can. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the other thing is we're all living longer. And so if you live, if you don't have a heart attack and you're lucky enough to live longer, again, you're just giving more time to have a likelihood of getting cancer one day. Yeah. Scary stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't how, like to think about it. Yeah, right? I don't.
2: Honestly, as people ask me, what's your biggest fear? And like people are like, sharks, heights. I'm like, cancer.
0: Yeah, cancer is not a good one. It scares you know, the shit I mean, out of me. That's, that's why I think, you know, at least starting in your early 40s, yeah. people should be seeing a doctor who's on top of this. So, like, one, you know, when I see someone on top of just, like, the basic, you know, what's your diet like? Are you exercising? Colonoscopy. You know, I'm thinking is, how are we, you know, what's your family history like? Do you have any risk factors to having certain cancers? And then how's the best, most efficient way to screen for those? And yeah. that's a big, big part of,
2: you know, what when we're doing. So one of the questions, actually, that somebody asked was their 28 year old pretty healthy like what tests should they be doing yearly and like or maybe how often
0: yeah so in your 20s it depends on a couple things your own personal medical history and your family's medical history so for the most part probably an annual visit is plenty unless there's something going on yeah so if you're a guy what do we want to check we want to check your sugars we want to check your cholesterol Want to check your liver and your kidney function. If you're sexually active, we want to check your sexually transmitted diseases. If you're mm-hmm. you, we want to do that like <laughs> every other week. <laughs> well, uh, I'm in love now. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I typically like to check some hormones, so I'll check people's testosterone levels. Yeah. Um, check vitamins, so making sure the diet's good. Check their B12, vitamin D, all these things that are important to making us feel well yeah um and then if people have family history of things that we need to keep an eye on then that's a different story then you may need to be seen more um we mostly get a free pass in the 20s and 30s where you know you're unlikely even if you have borderline high cholesterol for example we may not want to treat it yet because you're too young unless you have a crazy cardiac history in the family but it's Mm -hmm. good to know we want to know how many years you've been having it yeah um and then the other thing is just by getting the annual test, we're making sure that we're not randomly missing, you know, you could have a kidney problem and not have any symptoms per se. Yeah. So that's why at least once a year is good enough to kind of and then once you get older in your fifties, sixties, you want to probably get labs every six months just to kind really? of keep an eye. Every six
2: months. Yeah. And then you know how often do you go for a colonoscopy? when you hit that age?
0: So the new guidelines updated it to say at age 45. It yeah. used to be age 50. And they lowered it because, like I said, people are getting cancer more. Yeah. And so now, if, unless you've had a family hit, so if you have a relative who's had uh, uh, colon cancer, you need to start earlier, but otherwise age 45. Mm-hmm. And the point is we're looking for like precancerous stuff like polyps to get clipped out. Yeah. Um, if you are getting anal receptive intercourse yeah is the p c way to say it Abby loves that uh then uh you should have so you've heard of a pap smear in women yeah, so if someone's uh getting smear yeah, you need to get a pap smear of the butt, so we gotta wow. make sure that you're not having h p. v that can cause yep. some some rectal cancer or anal cancer wow, so important in the in the gay community or if you're a woman that that does it often yeah right? yeah you should ch- check it out
2: intense stuff. Um, I had a random question popping in my head because I, I I don't know why it's just popping up on my Instagram but about male fertility
1: okay yeah
2: what A what is one way that you can actually check that and B as I age as a man mm-hmm. should I be freezing my sperm if I don't plan to have kids in the next like five years does it matter
0: so the lucky thing for men is that our sperm stays good a lot more advanced age than women's eggs stay good so mm-hmm. Women, we say after age 35 that the eggs are not as good as they were earlier. So we would recommend women, especially unless they're planning to, like, have kids right then. Yeah. If they need to wait any amount longer, they should think start thinking about freezing their eggs, you know, mid-30s. Yeah. Okay.
2: Men... Because when women turn, I've read this before, when women turn 30 or in their 30s, there's a higher chance of complications. Or,
0: yeah. Right? So there's a, you know, after 35, there's increased risk of genetic problems mm-hmm. like down syndrome things like that that's yeah that's part of the reason okay so for men on the other hand our sperm is still pretty good really until the 40s for the most part um it's not an issue so
2: is it- there a difference in like a man's sperm
0: at 25 say 35 or no it hasn't proved out in studies as much as for women. I'm yeah. sure it is true, but it, it just hasn't bared out as much. And there are men, you you'll see guys, you know, on their second or third wife who have kids when they're like seventy and yeah. still have kids. <laughs> yeah. You know? So they Legends. the swimmers. <laughs> so <laughs> Peter um, Nygaard. <Neigart. laughs> but the you know, when there's an infertility problem, it's almost 50-50, whether it's the man or the woman's fault. Yeah. Of who, who's the one having the problem. So if you're a guy, you would wanna see a urologist. Um, they're gonna check some basic stuff like your testosterone and whatever, and then they're gonna check your swimmers. They, yeah. they look at them under the microscope.
2: Can I come for you? Can I come for you? That's you gotta that's come. Right. For, you gotta come for this exam. <laughs> can I come to you to get that exam done, or do I have to go to your office? I don't
0: do it, so I have some. Because like
2: I'm getting ads on Instagram. It's like, yeah, come in this cup and send it back to us. I'm like, can I just go somewhere and do that?
0: You can so I have some great, clinic. I have some great urologists I could uh, refer you to, but oh, like, uh, we don't. How
2: do. much is it? Because I'm in America and I'm it's Canadian. It's expensive. Yeah. It's
0: really expensive. It's another one of these where insurance doesn't cover it, and so doctors you know can charge.
2: Yeah, because um, I've seen kits at like CVS that are like test your sperm. How bullshit I, I, are those? I don't know. They're probably bullshit. Um, somebody else asked, why is there no Plan B for men?
0: Because the sperm's already in the woman It'd be too late No but
2: I'm saying Why isn't there a pill That m- makes me shoot blanks For like Oh birth control Yeah yeah So plan B Oh sorry not plan B I fucked that up Birth control for men
0: the There's no controls. plan B Because once yeah, it's shot yeah, it yeah, in yeah, there yeah. The cake's little, been baked it's, it's a little too <laughs> the late The cake pardon. has been baked uh, so that, 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 that that's that one. Yeah. But uh, the the men birth control thing is a thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that I have I've been reading that it's going to be on the market soon. It's a real thing. Really? Yeah.
2: Do you what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Do you trust guys to take? My politically
0: take correct fucking... answer is why? Why should women bear yeah, the of responsibility course. of it? And of the way that women's birth control pills work, it affects their hormones, and so it can have long term effects on their, you know. Yeah, it's scary Ability stuff. to have kids and stuff. So to me, if they had one that could just make men, I don't know. You know, I haven't read enough about it to, mm-hmm. to know how this one works. But I think, you know, I guess. You know 20 year old guys aren't great at like taking that's what i was saying
2: yeah yeah it's like do you really trust these young guys to can't even remember (laughs) to pull out they're gonna take a pill like yeah hopefully you know it should be you're right because women have to go through a lot already as is not even with birth control it's like if they do get pregnant or all the stuff these ladies go through and we give them this pill
0: that causes all kinds of side effects yeah it does i mean it a lot of women, you know, for a couple of years after they go off, have irregular periods, don't, you know, yeah. have problems. Mm-hmm. And they can have, you know, emo- you know, there's a lot of emotional stuff with the hormones that they're that they're getting. And, yeah. You know, so. Uh,
1: it's
2: crazy. Um, what are your thoughts on the flu shot? Because I hear so many. Stories. I've never had a flu shot in my flu life. Flu shot
0: or COVID shot?
2: We're getting we're getting to COVID. I don't want to like jump into COVID because it's been down everyone's throats. Right. I'm sure you're sick of talking about yeah. COVID. So
0: the flu shot is, um, I think, not that important for young people. So the flu, in, it's similar to COVID. It's a, obviously it's a virus. It's not as contagious as COVID, and it's not as deadly as COVID.
2: But how does this work? Do they just come up with a new flu shot every year, or is it the same yeah. one?
0: No, it's a new one every year. Yeah. So they're covering... Just like we're hearing about these COVID variants that come out, yeah. the flu has variants every year. Yeah. And so they are trying to give a, an updated shot each year. Mm. The reason they want everyone to get the shot is to protect... You've heard of these words like herd immunity. Yeah. Which so,
2: they say LA possibly had with COVID because we were exposed to yeah. it way so, earlier than we think.
0: So basically what they're... The reason we want 20-year-olds to get a flu shot is to protect old people yeah. and, ch- and young children because COVID, co- right? COVID really only kills old people and not children. But the flu is actually more deadly than COVID for babies. Yeah. And so the reason we want kind of 20, 30, 40 year olds to get the flu shot is if they have children, you're protecting your own children by getting a flu shot. So if you go to work, you're less likely to get the flu and then give it to uh, your own kids. Right. Mm, if you yeah. don't have children, it's this general like herd immunity thing. Yeah. But for you, personally, I understand if you're just being selfish and only thinking about yourself and you're 30 years old, I agree with you. There's no point of getting the flu shot. Yeah. If you're trying to work for humanity's sake, get it because you're contributing to like herd immunity. You're helping society.
2: So do you have to get it every year?
0: I do for sure because I'm, first of all, I take care of geriatric patients, you know, I need to protect them. So that's a reason. And I'm more likely to get the flu in the first place because I take care of patients. Yeah. And same thing for the COVID vaccine. So, you know, I had COVID, but I still wanted to get the vaccine to make sure I was as immune as possible.
2: Who do you think had COVID first, you or me?
0: You had it first. It I know, like. right? I yeah, yeah. was in your office yeah. doing filming. What's crazy, and I'll I'll admit that this is true because I don't know if you told this story. I haven't told this. Am thing. I allowed to say this? You can say anything you want on this so podcast, Zach, baby. Zach comes to my office complaining of this bad cough. He had been in Europe. He was, he was like, in Asia. He was at. Yeah, I, I was, was in Asia. Asia. not he even in think, Europe. Think, yeah. He went to like some car racing thing in Europe. No, that and was uh, way before. So and I was in Asia, and then I came back. He comes to me, and he's like complaining of this bad cough. And we did a flu test and it was negative. And I was and like, dude, X-rays. I can't breathe.
2: You're like, it's from the
0: vape. I was like, I don't yeah, fucking was... vape. You're out with me every night. Do I ever vape? She was vaping and I, t- <laughs> I was convinced it was the vape. Yeah. Um, and then there was no, we didn't have COVID tests yet. This was you're in like, what, take, January take or December? When was this? Janu- December, January, December, January. January. Yeah. So I gave you an inhaler. didn't really help. And then you're like, I back. gave you steroids. No, we tried. You steroids? got a cough bad Yeah. I gave you steroids. Dude, I thought it was going to
2: break my rib. I was coughing. And then it got a little better, I think, from the steroids. I even had to get some cough syrup. <laughs> I yeah, had to beg you for coughs because yeah. I, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I would wake up and I thought my rib was going to break from coughing so hard. And I was like, something's wrong with me. Right. I was like, do you think I have that fucking And virus? then the crazy
0: thing is you live like you for like six months. You're traveling at parties, never got COVID. You're like, how the hell am I not getting COVID? And yeah. then we checked your antibodies. and
2: Yeah, I had it. COVID Because yeah. when, when I had it, it was like so early. It was before yeah. the world shut down. There were no tests. You yeah. Couldn't, you couldn't and I was like, before. yeah. And there was yeah. no test. Yeah. I remember Carrie was calling your buddy Carrie and he's like, he was sick. You think you have that thing? And I was in your office and I had it. But he didn't have it. No, I know he didn't. Do you think I still have the antibodies? I don't know. We could retest it. I think we should because I'm about to go back to Europe. Yeah, you should get it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I'm personally, probably people are going to get upset, whatever. I don't really want to get the vaccine. I've had COVID, it wasn't that bad. I feel like. Yeah. You know? so
0: again. and I'm
2: kind of scared like I don't know anything about this it hasn't been long, long around long enough. I kind of maybe wait a year get the vaccine pro X max. I think the <laughs>
0: vaccine's know? very safe very yeah. very very safe. okay. I understand and agree that if you are in your 30s and you have no medical problems and you do not live with elderly parents or like anyone immunocompromised or whatever, it doesn't help you that much to get the vaccine. So yeah. like you said, if you got COVID again, you would be totally fine, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Um, I even gave it to my parents and they recovered faster than I did.
0: Okay, but your parents are on the younger side and yeah. relatively good health. Yeah. So, um, but if you, you know, again, you are doing something for society. So in World War II, they made everyone, you know, yeah. stand in a Wet hole and like shoot machine guns at each other, mm-hmm. and all we're asking is everyone you know take the vaccine to end the pandemic for everybody.
2: When you say it like that, so, give me the fucking shot. So
0: right now, you know, there's not enough vaccines for all the. We should let the, the people let the need si- it. Let the fifty year olds get it first. Yeah, you know, n- no one's asking you to get it yet. Yeah, but when your turn comes up in three months or six months or whenever it is, when when there's enough, mm-hmm. the, this all ends. Like yeah. w- that's the thing that like. The selfish people who are like, I don't want to get the vaccine because like, yeah. whatever, but you want to go travel and you want to go to parties and you want to be in a restaurant at full capacity and you want to be in a nightclub. If you want to be in a nightclub, get the vaccine because yeah. that's how the pandemic ends.
2: I mean, Delilah, Las Vegas,
0: yeah, you need to go to <laughs> Delilah, Las Vegas. I want to, ch- you, we need chicken tenders at like seven in the morning yeah. after we've been gambling. Oh, yeah, it. yeah, I
2: can't wait. Yeah, um, I had one friend that said something interesting. He's like, When in the history of the world has there been you know, we have all this great technology, all these great, brilliant doctors and scientists. When has there ever been something where they were all like, let's get all the money in the world and everybody focus on this? And when he kind of broke it down to me like that, and I was like, oh, well, it hasn't been around long enough. Like, what if it causes infertility or some other disease long term we don't know about? He's like, they've done all the tests. Yeah. Like, It doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't. It can't, right?
0: Mil- tens of millions of people have had it now. Yeah, I know. You know, and there's very few cases of anything, you know. Can
2: they make it mandatory that everyone has to get it to, to travel or no?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I think they could. Yeah? Eventually. They don't want to do it. They, they're always this gentle balance between ruining the economy and then making the health situation better. So mm-hmm. I think at some point, yes, we're all going to have vaccination cards to get from certain countries to certain countries for sure.
2: It's so bad in Canada. Everything's still locked down. There are no like They're hardly vaccinating anybody. It's yeah. a
0: complete joke over there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing that in a year... It's actually amazing that in a year, mm-hmm. like, five different companies, like, came out with the vaccine. Yeah. It's, like, incredible.
2: What's your take on the AstraZeneca yeah. thing?
0: Um, it's the,
2: For those who don't know, AstraZeneca is the vaccine they were using in Europe, but they found it was causing blood clots. A lot of countries yeah. have discontinued using yeah. Yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So Dr. Toll's thoughts. It's So, again, you know, the trials are on, like, 20,000, 40,000 people. Um, and then once they give it to the bigger population... There's a few... You know, if there's one example, if there's two, sometimes it's hard to know, like, because let's say you've given uh, a million people the vaccine, right? If you take another million people who don't get the vaccine, you may get seven people in the vaccine group that get a blood clot. I only care if that's a lot higher than in the million that don't get the vaccine. Are there seven people that get the blood clot? Mm -hmm. So we're having to compare and see if it's statistically relevant you know, because sometimes the media will take one case and that doesn't prove anything. You yeah. know, someone who got the vaccine got some other crazy thing, I'm sure. But if that's not statistically different from the non-vaccine group, it doesn't mean anything. Anyway, tens of millions of people have had the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine. They're very safe. Which one did you get? I got the Pfizer vaccine.
2: That's, which, one's <laughs> which
0: one's better? Um, I think the Pfizer it- vaccine has the Probably the best data and has had the least amount of like issues reactions. Yep. The Moderna vaccine has a lot of allergic reactions. So if people have bad allergies, they're getting rashes, they're getting some stuff. Nothing severe, but what about the Johnson
2: and Johnson one? And why is that one shot?
0: So the reason is simply because it was studied. At, so any t- the way that things get approved in medicine is someone doesn't experiment. It's completely regimented in a certain way. So they. Say okay, we're going to do a two-shot thing, and Johnson Johnson is like, we're going to go for one shot and see yeah. if it works. And they studied it in one shot, and it's not quite as effective. Fa- so it's like eighty percent protective, mm-hmm. whereas the Pfizer one's like ninety-five percent protective. Oh wow! But you get that protection in one shot, and it's also much more like old. So the the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, they're like a new type of vaccine that we've never had vaccines like that before. mRNA yeah. vaccine. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine is a dead other virus, which is similar to most other vaccines. So it's less new technology. That's old technology. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, if you are young, healthy, it may be fine to just get the Johnson and Johnson. You're doing your thing for humanity. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I, do enough, I you do. You do enough for humanity. I got a podcast. I got a fucking podcast. You post some videos, yeah. make people Travel. Of your trips. Yeah.
2: Um, that damn golf swing you got going on (laughs) are you going to come golfing with me Uh, we'll get into that after the podcast wait I had another question what the fuck was it oh yeah I get the vaccine strain mutates 10 times over yeah now we got the same situation do I have to get another vaccine
0: yes Yes. really probably it's going to be like the flu shot like we're all going to get it once a year wow yeah that's crazy but then we can like do stuff again it's worth it
2: yeah well yeah this past year for most people I mean unless
0: you're like Owning a COVID testing business this year sucked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk
0: about that? No, no. I'm okay. About
2: <clears throat> well, now that we're on like shots and drugs, let's get into some drug talk. Okay. Let's get a little fun here.
0: Okay, let's do it. I've been
2: too serious. What's your opinion on psychedelics? Psilocybin, ketamine. Like, I know that's becoming more popular and I feel like I see yeah. a lot of doctors. I don't know if they're just hippies that say they're doctors. Yeah. Or they're really doctors. Yeah.
0: And it's just becoming legal in some states, so I think that the u s government in the sixties when there were the hippies, they just made all the drugs illegal. They didn't really think about it too much, yeah, um and interestingly, the ones that are pharmaceutical compounds, where a pharmaceutical company made it, things like amphetamine, which is Adderall, yeah, those things are legal you can you can get a prescription for those
2: that's like junior speed, exactly,
0: right, <laughs> yeah. The things that were not made in a lab and owned by a big corporation, the psychedelics. Fun stuff. Those were not, there was no, there was no a uh, big corporation, you know, lobbying for those to have any legal standing. Mm-hmm. So those all just cross the board illegal. Yeah. Now medicine is taking a second look out of all these things. So it started with marijuana, obviously. Yeah. And we see it has all sorts of medical things that are, good about it you know does me-
2: are you like an advocate for that like do you believe yeah. there is a lot of medical use for cbd yeah. and thc
0: for sure thc cbd to some degree may have some you know pain and you know is it more relaxation. like a little overhyped though i feel like i think cbd is overhyped yeah i think thc can help listen is it be- would i rather someone smoke a little than be on oxycodone yeah absolutely yeah, yeah of course. i mean so yeah does it have medical applications it absolutely does and anyone who says it doesn't they're they're lying yeah know? the 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 hallucinogens i think from a pure medical standpoint we're talking about does it can it cure a disease or a problem yeah i actually think yes so there's studies you know for depression anxiety where significantly you know everything from molly to mushrooms to uh less lsd but some of the other ones and ketamine for sure yeah. where it kind of when someone's in a deep, dark depression and they can't get out of their own mind and their own thoughts and their own just feeling down, that having therapy sessions while they're on microdoses of molly or, you know, yeah. mushrooms, it allows them to like really open up and understand what's going on and be more in touch with their emotional side. Yeah. Like, so I, like
2: I saw a picture of the brain when it's normal and when it's on mushrooms and right. what it's was going on in different is areas. insane.
0: Yeah. So, so they're, they're, from a purely medical standpoint there's going to be more and more applications you know as time goes on and we study these things more yeah from a just like developing human being kind of point of view uh, you know it's interesting i think if you ask a lot of successful people especially innovators yeah many of them will tell you that they've tried many different
2: drugs of course i i'm a a real believer that you got to experiment with that stuff when you're younger. Obviously yeah. there's certain things that, you know, obviously you shouldn't like maybe meth or yeah. crack, yeah. <laughs> even cocaine. People yeah. get, I've seen yeah. a lot of people get really addicted, yeah. but like mushrooms and like even acid or yeah. like Molly. Yeah. They're fun. And you, you unlock different things in your mind and your thoughts and your experiences that you could never do.
0: I I agree. I think it's about moderation. It's about being in the right mindset when you're doing it. With the right people too. Yeah. So if you're like in a crowd where you guys are doing Molly every weekend or four days a week and partying, your brain's going to- Serotonin levels. Yeah. Your brain's going to rot. Yeah. If you're talking about like, I'm in Yosemite once a year and I'm like- Gonna eat some mushrooms and like go on a beautiful hike and yeah. see nature.
2: That's more what I'm. That talking may be
0: about. good for you, but
2: I've done the latter. But I meant yeah, that. <laughs>
0: yeah, you've done both, so you know what's good and what's not. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's my take. I yeah. think you know the heavy the 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 pain-based drugs, the opioids, are almost always a problem. Yeah, that's a don't huge problem Don't try heroin. Right don't now, right? take pills. Don't yeah. take oxy. The, sh- the, the pills sucks. are so and the addicting. upside is zero. Mm-hmm. Like you feel good. But you don't gain an understanding of like the world, nature, our being, yeah. our universe.
2: You're not going to create that next iPhone being high as fuck on Percocets and no, the couch. You are not. Right?
0: Right. And, you know, the other, the mushrooms and the ayahuasca and all these other.
2: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Ayahuasca, for the people that are listening may have heard of it, maybe haven't. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? So, um,
0: yeah, so ayahuasca is from the Amazon. And you can try <clears throat> take it in a few different countries: Peru, Brazil. I heard Peru was like the spot. Peru is like the spot, yeah. Yeah. And so the ancient, uh, it's like passed on from generations where the Amazonian natives used it through like spiritual ceremonies to try to g- like gain religious, you know, in touch with. Yeah. Exactly. Whatever their belief was. Right. Um, and, and they're like guides, right? Or shaman? Yeah. or So a shaman is, you know, like one of the tribesmen who like takes you through it and there's a regimen that you're supposed to cleanse yourself and eat what you're supposed to eat and not eat before the ceremony. Because like a lot of people
2: throw up. A of, it. I think most people Everybody does, up, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, and I think there, I think a lot of these, those types of experiences may have, you know, some value. But again, if you have psychological issues, so if you have, schizophrenia if you have bipolar if you have severe other things obviously talk to your psychiatrist you know if you're on medications for any sort of psychiatric thing don't just go try acid cuz it'll make your psych- psychosis worse and yeah. some people can get a drug induced psychosis so some people may benefit from trying a bunch of LSD but some people may actually become schizophrenic from yeah. taking a lot of really? acid oh
2: yeah i've i've heard of a guy in LA that was a big influencer travel guy did some ayahuasca fully kind of lost back. his marbles
0: yeah it happens you know i've heard that with dmt that people can lose their yeah. mind and with uh, ayahuasca people can lose their mind a little yeah. bit and i think lsd people can lose their mind a little bit Mush- yeah. mushrooms is a much softer version if you don't go don't yeah eat the whole bag i, I haven't done don't eat the whole bag yeah but, you know, sure.
2: oh yeah I, i've done that <laughs> <laughs> it depends what state you're in if you're yeah. happy in life and things are good you take mushrooms I feel like it's it's a great experience. If something's like got you sad or in your bad place and you take them, it's gonna be dark.
0: Yeah, I think most drug trips are like that.
2: Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. Mushroom just gets you thinking differently, and yeah. I feel like there's no ego, and you're just like accepting. And when you're with nature, it's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, why is ketamine like the new thing now? I'm seeing a lot of doctors promoting that. Yeah. Like, what
0: are they using that for? So ketamine is a dissociative anesthetic. It makes you have a out-of-body experience, essentially. And so uh, it was used for anesthesia on animals. That's, like, the main medical use over the years. It was, like, a tranquilizer for horses and stuff. It puts them down.
2: Yeah. Uh, I, because you take too much. They say you go into a K-hole, and you see someone just, like, drift off. Oh, well, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so that's what they would give to, like, animals to, like, yeah. put horseshoes on them and whatever. Yeah. Um, really? I didn't know that. And then in early like modern medicine it was used as anesthesia for surgery so mm. same thing you could put someone down you know they didn't have like propofol on these agents that we use now where people go to sleep and you take it away and they wake up perfectly yeah. so the, you know they experimented with different drugs it's like, a little
2: key <laughs> you yeah. <they're> just like...
0: <laughs> snort this so anyway so um it's making a comeback for two things mostly pain chronic pain and depression yeah and so there's these doctors that have popped up that are like ketamine clinics where like i I keep seeing this so if you have a chronic addiction to oxy let's say oxycodone you know you can see this doctor who will kind of help you wean off the oxy and they'll give you low doses of ketamine you know to help with like withdrawal and help your pain it supposedly helps like the pain signaling in the body
2: wow is it true that i've heard this before Debunk this myth for me but then Sometimes when people get nose jobs, they use cocaine to, like, oh, what is that for, that open the nasal passage or just so they, you
0: know. Yeah, so cocaine was, you know, discovered, I guess, in I think, like, the 20s or something. I don't know. In Colombia? No, Bayer. Bayer, Germany. Aspirin. Bayer. No way. Yeah, Bayer, and, wow. Bayer invented cocaine. And it was used, you know, as an anesthetic it was the first thing you know when you you take a gummy or your mouth is numb and you can't feel your teeth yeah so they use it as an anesthetic so during surgery that was the first use it was an anesthetic and it also is a vasoconstrictor it it makes the vessels constrict so it makes you bleed less so it was you it can be used in a lot of ear nose and throat sinus surgeries and stuff for both of those it stops the bleeding and pain so basically, they can use it in the nose, and you don't bleed as much, and you don't feel the surgery.
2: And why does it make your nose bleed if you abuse it?
0: Because if you keep using it, you will eventually cause all the vessels to constrict so much that it loses blood flow to certain area, and then certain areas can die. Like, you can cause tissue damage. So really.
2: next time I got a really bad cut, I should just throw some coke on it. Well, <laughs> don't waste don't it. Don't try this at home. Don't waste it. I have so many more questions for you. I, I feel like we're, coming on. We gotta, we're yeah. coming on. We're coming on like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to do part two with you because I just got too much stuff I'll here. You, I'll
0: give you two more questions. Then I got to go.
2: Two more questions. Okay. okay. Um. Okay. How does Blue Chew slash Viagra work exactly? I know a lot of my male listeners ask me this because on it. the Medium Rare podcast, we used to,
0: we still are, big advocates of got it. these drugs. Got it. Cocaine causes the blood vessels to constrict. Viagra causes them to open up. And so ultimately boner is a blood flow thing. Mm-hmm. You need more blood down there and it stays hard. So that's that's what Viagra is doing. You take Viagra, opens up, um, and gives you boner. Yeah. It was originally invented as a blood pressure. They were looking for blood pressure pills. And it makes your blood pressure go down by op- you opening know, up, like your opening valves. up the, all the blood vessels. Uh, and uh, basically, it worked. by and then they would in the in the trial when they were using it as a blood pressure pill, everyone kept getting boners. Yeah. And then they figured out it was actually better as a boner pill. So
2: what's the difference between Cialis and Viagra? Because I've taken both, and I know as Viagra, I'm like hard right away. Cialis, I can take it, and I'm like good for the weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah. So exactly. So Viagra is faster acting; it works right away. It tends to get a much harder like crazy erection and a lot of people can be bad because it's like it won't go away even after sex yeah. you can stay hard after you come and stuff like that it can be uncomfortable Cialis is longer acting so like you said you could take it you know in the morning and you're still good to go that night yeah um, so most people prefer Cialis I would say now unless if you have a really bad problem sometimes Viagra works better
2: um, and some i've heard some stories that viagra is actually bad for young guys because there is a risk of like a heart attack is that true
0: not really that's not like really if i true. pop a full viagra like i'll be okay <laughs> yeah it's not going to cause a heart attack i think some guys um get a mental problem where if they start using viagra every time then when they don't use it yeah they're like we it's actually just in their head but it's
2: a placebo thing like i feel i i went through that phase actually yeah. where i was honestly abusing yeah Cialis, and and then when I didn't take it, I was like, well, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, it was in my head. Yeah. I just
2: stopped taking it, and now I haven't taken it in the longest yeah, time. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah. It came off. <laughs> yeah, it came off it. Maybe <laughs> my doctor will give me a prescription for it again. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. He didn't give me that. My other buddy did. Um, okay, so when you get you're you got, I got so many good questions here. You got one more. I know, I know. I want to make it good. Let's talk about, okay, well, because this is a business yeah. podcast. Okay. You're a doctor. Yeah. Make great money as a doctor, but I know- you have some other businesses yep. that you've invested in or like, what do you look to do with your money aside from?
0: Yeah. So the, the cool thing is, um, being a doctor's opened up other opportunities to, especially being in LA. Yeah. So, um, you know, my first business, you know, when I finished my residency was to start my own medical practice. Um, so like, you know, I talked about it a little bit, I have a membership based practice. That was the first step. Um, and then when the pandemic started, I started getting a lot of calls for people who needed COVID tests, wanted to get a COVID test and it was impossible to get them. Yeah. So I sourced, you know, tests overseas. I found a lab that could make them and we started, and I hired some nurses that would make house calls and we were charging, you know, a lot of money to do home COVID testing. Yeah. Um, and then we got so busy that it kind of like overtook my practice, couldn't deal with it anymore. So we started hiring our own people. Uh, eventually I partnered actually with my brother, um, who owns his own few businesses. And we basically built out a huge team. And uh, at this point, we, we've we been doing like thousands of COVID tests, you know, per month. We're doing COVID tests for film and TV industry, um, have a bunch of big corporate clients. So that was kind of like my second business. And then actually I parlayed that into a third thing where a bunch of COVID testing centers wanted to have doctors on site and they didn't know how to figure it out. So we built out, um, infrastructure for COVID testing places to have basically virtual doctors seeing the patients. And we're seeing like over a thousand patients per day now across the country. Wow. Can we do this in Canada or what? Yeah. You know, Can funny, we? I have a friend uh, from Toronto. No, who's I'm coming the- into, do you know a guy named Bill Hennessy? Do you know that guy?
2: No, great last name, but I'm the mayor of Toronto. If you're yeah. doing it with anyone, you do it with me. So this guy? I got everything we need, brother. <laughs> I don't know if it's, I, I don't, I, I cannot got any real I estate. Can't, I cannot Fucking, practice medicine in Canada. I know, but you have access to the infrastructure, and I can yeah. get us a doctor.
0: Okay, let's do
2: it. We got stadiums sitting there. We can do it. Let's do it. We'll talk after this. Is
0: there still a lot of testing going on there?
2: Yeah, but it's so like backwards over there. The testing setup is like they got people waiting outside in line in the freezing cold, and like right. nothing can open. Why don't they,
0: they don't have drive-throughs? I don't
2: think so They had it But it's just a complete mess over there Like now you fly into the country They make a mandatory like quarantine In some shit hotel For $2,000 of your own money It's that And if you refuse to do it It's an $800 ticket So I want to just take the ticket And not do the hotel. It's Cheaper It's a whole other fucking discussion But we'll chat about that But I know you invested in some other stuff too What about the tequila soft drink How's that going?
0: Yeah so I've invested in a lot of various You know ventures You uh, want to plug that or no? Yeah, of course. So yeah. uh, we have a we have a drink called Elenita. It's a mezcal soda, ready to drink. It's been growing in LA. We just they just moved into some of the Southwest states, Texas. It's it's good. It's you got Are you, you guys in Hwood now with it? No, we're not in Hwood. And then you know uh, I've invested like some seed money in some other yeah businesses, um, venture businesses, and I I think you know. I have a unique perspective, knowing medical stuff, to be able to figure out what medical businesses yeah. are going to work well. So, you know, for example, a lot of these medical companies, especially the technology-based ones, get these crazy valuations because investors don't understand like what they're making. So, yeah. they're like, oh, ma- this is a gene editing software. That's all company. I hear
2: is like some medical, so a pharmaceutical company yeah. has to be worth ten billion.
0: Yeah, because people don't understand what they are. It's kind of like tech. It's a little like tech, but even tech, you at least under like you get what Uber is, and like, yeah. you want to do it, yeah, yeah. or like there's a, oh this company is gonna like do this thing. The medical stuff, you have no idea whether that thing's gonna get approved. It's like they're in development of a drug for it's like leukemia. Yeah, the FDA yeah. is like, gonna take a look yeah. at
2: it. I hear those pitches all yeah. the time.
0: So it's hard to know what to invest in, and it's you know. I think like tech, there's hits and misses for yeah. sure. So you're going to take your lumps. I, I kind of enjoy that. Aggra- I'm young enough where take if I lose this 50K, it's not going to like make the difference. Yeah. So let's just like try some fun ones and whatever.
2: So you got 50K laying around. you know. We are raising for Game Lancer. I, I
0: know. I got your investment deck. Yeah. I, my guy was supposed to take a look. I haven't heard you back. You
2: should because we're you know almost all the way there. The round is closing soon. Got it. We got three shows with Snapchat or app is launching. A lot of exciting stuff. All right, I gotta gotta, gotta, gotta plug to my it. own company, gamelancer.com. We got twelve million followers on TikTok now. We're large, but wow, we're large. Wow. We're large. large. Um, any crypto stuff for you?
0: I've, I'm so mad at myself because I mostly oh, no. missed the crypto thing.
2: You didn't though. Now, if you got some money, I the way I look too high at it. Now.
0: You think you could invest now?
2: Yeah, it's only going to nah. go up, I think. Uh, there's altcoins you can buy other ones that yeah. are... You know, I yeah. bought one last weekend. It went up fucking 300%.
0: Like what coin? You?
2: No, no. Do- not Dogecoin. I have some money in that, too. I like year. to
0: call and it doggy. Anyway. What? I like to call it doggy coin.
2: BTT. I haven't heard of that one. I got SafeMoon. SafeMoon went up. It was like the only coin that went up. Well, like,
0: if they just keep making coins, what makes them worth it? Well, yeah. It?
2: The best bet is to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum, I think. Yeah. You can yeah. gamble on the other ones. You said you're a gambling yeah. man.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? I figure my money... If it's just sitting in a bank account, it's better put it into Bitcoin. Less riskier, I think. Yeah, than I mean, stocks.
0: This, this year I've been building out like a huge team to, you know, build our software, all this stuff. So yeah. I've been trying to use most of it to pay employees to make my company better because I know yeah. we're gonna make a lot. So I want to reinvest in ourselves here. In yourself. But uh, some of these, yeah, some of these are cool. And right. I just bought my first house, so that was a big wow. Investment. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, Congrats, bud. Where? We'll it's, I'm, it's not I, talk about it off I, camera.
2: I don't want these psychos yeah, showing up to your house for Yeah, I'm not going to say where it is, but STD I'm test.
0: actually still an escrow, But I just we okay. I'm under contract, and so probably yeah. move in in a few yeah. weeks. Congratulations, so, bud. Exciting you. stuff. I know.
2: I Good know. to see you. Good yeah. to catch up on my thank fucking you. podcast. I had to get yeah. you on the podcast to catch up with you. You're so busy.
0: I'm busy. You've been traveling the world. I'm here, but I'm I'm around. See patience. Yeah, but.
2: Thanks for doing the podcast. There's going to be part two because I could talk to you forever. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find Dr. Jeff Toll. So if you want to see me as a patient. Because um, all my friends that hit me up, yo, can I know your doctor? But this is how
0: you can fucking yeah. get to him. Stop go, asking. Go to, me. Either go to my website, jefftollmd.com. You can book an appointment online, call the office, whatever. Booked that way. Do they you get don't a discount code if they say they're Zach don't Longo's? don't text me and ask for a prescription. It's annoying. Hey, so can I get I the, the a, chlamydia pills? The way like it the. works is you can either pay me per visit or become a member. Happy to take care of you. The annoying text of the non members is annoying. Yeah. But yes. Because I got a lot of website. friends
2: that do that to me, so I know they do it to you. I'm um, sorry
0: for that. On socials, if you want to follow, I've been less active because I've been too busy, but Jeff Toll, MD uh, at in, on Instagram uh i'm not i have facebook but don't really use it don't right. really use the rest of them
2: we tried to launch our youtube channel but you we both did i made a busy.
0: couple of youtube videos yeah. they're not that great wow i made them thanks no that, that one's good they're kind of shit no, no no you're the one you made was good i made some i made some other ones i just never t- invested the time i don't know it's it's a lot I you could, seem like you're doing well you don't need to do this shit i think i could make some good youtube videos i know you guy. could I have some you know yeah i need some free time yeah don't worry, the YouTube's is, shit. Let me worry about that. Yeah, you, you make some YouTube videos. I'm yeah. I'm happy to come on once in a while. Yeah. All right. You know? I'll I'll make you have more female viewers, so you'll
2: oh, perfect. You'll enjoy it. Well, that wraps it up for Expensive Taste <laughs> Tuesdays. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, guys. If you're listening, go over to the Apple or Spotify or whatever app you're listening to. Hit me with a five-star review. Drop something sweet in the comments there. I check them all. And if you're on YouTube, do the same. Subscribe, thumbs up, leave a comment, reply to everything. Thanks again, Jeff, for
0: coming. Oh, I was going to mention, I forgot to say that people... If you want to listen to my podcast, because I, pod, yeah, I do pod. I know you do. It's called Modern Prescription. Yeah, We're right. on Apple, Spotify. It's uh, a great podcast. I'm pod with yes. Dr. Deepak Dugar. He's a plastic surgeon. We talk about health, wellness, stuff going on in celeb life, who's getting plastic surgery, all yeah, the fun stuff. He's got some stuff.
2: great guests as well, got too. Good guests. I listen to a bunch of the episodes. I actually tell a bunch of my friends, too, because yeah, you, learn you guys something. talk about a lot more interesting stuff than...
0: You'll learn something, you know? you know. Yeah. We have some fun people on. What's when the, are you coming on?
2: Whenever you want. I'm here. Let's have you. When I'm not golfing. Okay. <laughs> What's the the Instagram for that? Modern X or Modern something? Modern
0: Prescriptions. Yeah, oh. it's Modern Rx Pod.
2: Modern Rx Pod on Instagram, and you can find all the links from there. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for coming. Thank Part you. two coming soon. If you guys got any questions for Dr. Jeff told that I didn't answer because I got a whole list here of people I didn't get to, we'll get it next time or drop it in the comments. That's all. Cheer up. Thanks, Thanks for, for watching, me. guys. Ciao.